1: What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? High noon on a Monday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory for the next 120 minutes here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. Between the two of us, we've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. It's up to you to figure out the rest, but what you should know by now, uh, knuckleheads, is that if you want to get involved anytime over the next two hours, you can get at us on the dot com. I'm talking the twitter dot com at Wesley Uller at the body fifty two. The body. And Arthur Moats, it's not just any Monday here on the program. It's not just any victory Monday here on the program, mm-hmm. Arthur Moats. Mm-hmm. It's a six and zero victory Monday. It's a Lone remaining undefeated team in mm-hmm. the National Football League. Victory Monday. Mm-hmm. Arthur Motes. You got you ready? You got to deep breath. Uh, um, victory!
2: victory. Victory. I warmed up. I had to warm the vocals up, man. You never want to just jump
1: right into that thing like that. That was beautiful, though.
0: Beautiful.
1: Woo! Arthur Motes. That boy good. That boy good. It seemed like it was going to be a walk in the park. It ended up not being a walk in the park. It, it was a walk in the park at like
2: four in the morning, being chased <laughs> by some uh, unsavory characters <laughs> in the midst of a zombie well, apocalypse. Mean, but we made it. We made it. Because <laughs> you're right. I mean, it. You can still get a heart attack walking in the middle yeah, of the park. Yeah. It, it, it was sunny at first. You know, it's kind of like getting caught in a storm. It was nice at first. And then the cloud got dark. You felt that first drop rain, and you're like, it's not really about to rain. And then that thing just opens up. We've all experienced that. You're like, oh, oh, oh. But we made it to our destination, mm. and that's all that matters.
1: <laughs> you made it inside right before it started pouring. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, we, we
2: got just, a little wet, though. It happens.
1: Just right before it started pouring. 6-0, <laughs> and oh, and, uh, and man, what a game. Plenty to get into here. On the program today. But Arthur Motes, one of the original Eulerisms that we had on this show was they do not ask how, mm-hmm. they ask how many. Only question that matters. And they've played six and they've won six. And Motes, they've only done that last of a dime breed. The second time in franchise history.
2: Man, I think it's just been a beautiful thing, though. And we're seeing it. Once again, this week, in terms of the team just playing in concert with each other, when one side of the ball was performing well, the other side performed well. When one side took maybe a a, a step back or or didn't improve in in one particular area, well, it's okay. The other end of it picked it up in terms of offense and defense. If offense turned it over, defense stepped up. Defense didn't have a good series, offense stepped it up. Offense and defense playing okay or struggling, okay, special teams provide some splash. So we saw, like I said, in all three phases – Them complement each other at some point. Honestly, all of those possessions became really critical as we look down at the end of this thing and how it played out. If you take one or two of these. Situations where offense doesn't have the defense back and vice versa, that could be the difference between them winning and losing. But that's the mark of a good team. That's the mark of teams that are legit contenders. When you look around the league, you look at the history of the league, the teams that are consistently able to win these style of games, the teams that are consistently able to overcome adversity and find a way to win – those are the teams that are always in the mix. There's a reason why the Stills are always in the mix year after year. Because they find ways to win these type of games. Even, like I said, where you start out extremely hot. And it's easy to get a big lead and think, okay, well, let's take the foot off the gas pedal. But at the same time, and that's not what happened yesterday. I know that was kind of like the narrative being spread around. Oh, they got a big and chilled out. No, the Tennessee Titans are a really good football team. If you haven't realized that, I'm pretty sure you got a clear glimpse of that yesterday, okay? <laughs> they are a really good team. But – The teams that are, like I said, always in the mix, they find ways to win those closed games. That Titans team had already won three games like that going into this season. Mm -hmm. And they looked like they were on pace to do what they do, which, I mean, we literally saw that identical play out last week. Difference was the guy hit the field goal. This week he missed it. Mm -hmm. But... That, those are the type of things that, like I said, man, championship football teams, they find ways to execute in the clutch. They find ways to detail their work. And it's sometimes it's not going to be just on the quarterback. Sometimes it's not just on the defense. Special teams plays a huge role, a huge factor. That's why I always preach about the importance of all three phases, even though people kind of overlook special teams until something like this happens. No one talks special teams until you get Ray Ray McLeod breaking a big return. No one talks special teams until you get a game-winning kick and he misses the field goal. If you take care of it on the front end, you don't have to worry about it coming back to bite you in the back end. And ultimately, that's what's the difference in this game as we saw it play out, man. In all three phases, the Steelers executed, whereas the Titans, they were inconsistent.
1: So let me ask you about something you just touched on there, the the performance from start to finish. And I think not just Steelers fans. A, A lot of football fans are guilty of this. I found myself doing this at times yesterday too. We tend to always disregard the first half and use the second half as the end-all, be-all, right? Like, if a team plays really bad in the first half, okay, (laughs) and then comes back and wins... It's, it's 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 hunky-dory. It's no problem. Mm-hmm. It's almost, okay, that's our identity. That's expected. Like, I look at the Kansas City Chiefs last year, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody had a problem with the fact that the Chiefs fell behind in the first half, didn't play well in the first half so of any of, yes. any of their playoff games, mm-hmm. right? Because it was, oh, well, they're going to come back in the second half. That's what mm-hmm. they're going to do. Why do we hate so much as a football team if you play a fan – as a football team, as a football fan's <laughs> part of me – if you play a fantastic fantastic first half, you set yourself up for success. Mm-hmm. And maybe in the second half, you have to hang on to an extent to win, even while still, that's even, I think, selling it a little short when you consider while well, they didn't end up getting any points, that seven plus minute drive from the offense at the end of the game was paramount, was crucial, right? It's it's not like, like you said, the offense and defense weren't making plays and were just resting on their loins in the second half. I. I We always just frown, like we cast aside the first half performance so quickly as fans in general. Like I said, Steelers fans aren't the only ones who do this, but it's like if it would have played out opposite yesterday, right? If the Steelers would have been down big in the first half and came back and won. Totally different five. Nobody is sitting here on Monday screaming, oh man, they were so bad in the first half. Mm -hmm. But they were phenomenal in the first half. That handicapped the Titans for a long time. Like you said, they're a good team. They're allowed to make plays, too. They were undefeated going into that game as well, too. You took Derrick Henry out of the game for such a long stretch with that first-half performance. I just – no one's sitting here today screaming, though, ah, oh, well, what about the first half? What about the first half? It's, it's all, well, they, they can't play full 60 minutes. They can't play full 60 minutes. I mean, newsflash, when a team plays a full 60 minutes in the NFL – it's usually when it's, you know, the Steelers beating up on the Browns. Right. I mean, it's, you don't play a full 60 minutes and win a close game in the NFL. It's a three-and-a-half-hour contest between two very good teams. Right. You're going to make some plays? They're going to make some plays. That's what happens. We're, we're enamored with this, like, finish strong in this play full 60 minutes thing when like those one I just don't know if they're always realistic and two like we act like those are the only ways to win football games and that somehow what the Steelers did yesterday was like a bastardized version of of winning a football game (laughs) that was a really long rant there but I think you get what I'm saying
2: I, I, I absolutely get what you're saying there and you're right man um I just think because of from a fan's perspective it's all about narratives the narrative of either you started slow, finished strong, or you started fast, finished weak, right. or this team plays better coming from behind. We always want to label something. We I talked about this um, plenty of times beforehand. It can never just be both teams played well, both teams did certain things, both teams made adjustments. It's never that. It, it always has to be some elaborate and... Obviously, when you're watching the TV broadcast, it doesn't help because they're up there
1: feeding you that oh, of as course. well. And, I mean, from the national perspective, yeah. that's what they're supposed to do, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. I mean, they're that's their job. They're yeah. trying to hook the casuals. Right. They know Steelers fans are watching. They know Titans fans Correct. are watching. They're trying to hook the casuals yes. with the
2: storyline. So so that, that, I think, plays into it a lot as well. But ultimately, man, when you get to 5-0 teams, I mean, this is the NFL. We talked about how rare it is when you see a blowout. I mean, let's be real about it. As good as this team is, I'm talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers here out of all the teams they played this year, there's only been one team that they blew out, and that was the Browns. And newsflash, the Browns are, what, 5-2 and Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. just had a a crazy win yesterday. Right. So when you look at that and really think about it, you're not going to get what you're accustomed to seeing at the collegiate level. You're not going to get what you're accustomed to seeing at the high school level. And I think ultimately that's where the disconnect is because, I mean, we know how passionate football fans are, not only about the NFL, but about college. And I just think, Typically, because of what you see on Saturdays, you want to you see wanted to see that on Sunday with your big team, win your NFL by 21 team, twenty one points. And it's like that's not realistic,
1: man. Uh, These even the guys team, are too good. Even, <laughs> even a team like the Jets, who we all agree, right. not very good. I think we all agree on Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I mean they they don't even lose, listen, they don't lose games by twenty eight points they, they, very often. The, the bills, the bills are what often. now? The bills are right. what five, five and,
2: two and two now? Yeah. And literally that game was eighteen to ten, and at, at a point, the the Jets were winning. I mean, for three quarters of the game, like it, it just—it's like that at the NFL level because literally everyone is good. And if we really go down the list, each game you play, you can point to three or four players on each side of the ball, offensive, defense, You can say this guy will come here and start. This guy mm-hmm. can start, regardless of the team's record. That's just what it is. So that plays a lot into this. And no, it's not a, a, a trying to justify performances because, without a doubt, did people play bad? Yes. Did people have some shortcomings? Yes. That happens. That's always going to be a case, though. You're never going to get a scenario Particularly where. Particularly
1: against another good team. Right. You're never going to get a scenario where
2: too. all 46 game day active roster players are playing their best ball. It just, it, I, mean, it's, I mean, when you look at the human nature of it and just based off of total probabilities of the numbers, it's just impossible. You're not going to get that. But what you do get are, okay, if this guy isn't up to par, he has a mistake, how do you compensate for that? And thus the difference between the teams that win consistently, and the teams that struggle consistently. I think that's the biggest difference when it comes down to some of those 50 50 plays or when it cut and like I said, this doesn't include the self-inflicted wounds. Right. We could talk as much as we want about the offense being bad. No, the offense wasn't bad in the second half. The problem was you turned the ball over. I mean, listen, when we're talking about your second-half stats for the Pittsburgh Steelers, out of five possessions, if you got two interceptions, a field goal, and then two punts, that's that's going to get you beat. Or it's going to make it a little close. close for Where, and, then, <laughs> and then on the contrary, you look at the Titans. They both have five possessions in the second half. Both teams did really good jobs in terms of having long, they did. sustainable drives. But the difference is this Titans five possessions. Two touchdowns, one point, they hit a field goal and they obviously missed the game time field goal. But you see the difference in one team closing it out, whereas one team the two interceptions, that's self-inflicted. We look at those. Okay, the one pick was tipped. We said, okay, you you could throw that in there. That
1: happens occasionally. Right. It, it does. And I don't have but, an
2: issue with that. But the other pick, that's not a tip. That was a bad throw. And if we really wanted to carry it over, literally the last drive of the second half. Had another result the same way. At worst, you should have ended with a field you goal ended right with a field there. Goal. I agree. So there, there that's at least both of those
1: drives at least six points. So so
2: that's five possessions, right? But if we can say six, including that last one by the Steelers, mm-hmm. the last one before halftime. Mm-hmm. Two of those possessions should have been field goals. At worst, mm-hmm. at worst, and it's a different ball and game we, there. And we
1: are not mentioning the Deontay Johnson in the in the end zone as well too, Absolutely. which could have been seven. Yeah, they left, they did for as well as they moved the football, they still did leave some points on the field. But and, I think, and that's what alludes to the closer game, right? But I think from a
2: perception, the Titans standpoint, did that same thing too. From a perception standpoint, people will view that and say, "Man, the Steelers offense took their foot off the gas yes. pedal. You're they right. did not. You're right. They
1: just didn't execute. Right? Yeah. They they that's moved very the good ball. Point.
2: They just didn't execute, and that's the difference between you looking at them scoring." 27 points and having a bad taste in your mouth versus if they scored one more point if they would score a touchdown on one of those drives right one of those interceptions if it was if it was a touchdown on that drive or if you at least get a field goal in it it's a totally different conversation a, a totally call. different feeling and for the titans i mean they did what they always do in terms of okay first half the difference was this first half they didn't have as many possessions with the ball and then secondly the run game wasn't a factor so the action pass wasn't a factor Second half comes, Derrick Henry does have a lot more success on the ground, and you look at the the plays that they hit downfield. A.J. Brown's touchdown, what was that off of? Play action. Mm -hmm. A.J. Brown had another, he had two or three big catches in the second half. All of them were off of play action or run actions. It, it, It wasn't rocket science. We said, hey, if they are able to run the ball, the play action pass will be there. And ultimately, in the second half, that was the difference for the Titans' offense and why the Steelers' defense, which people once again were like, well, man, they took their foot off the gas pedal. No, they didn't. The Titans just executed a little bit better in the run game. I felt like in the first half, the Titans weren't firing off the same way in terms of just controlling the line of scrimmage. They got dominated in the first half. The second half, it was more it was more 50-50, yeah. which we thought could be the case going into the game. But would it be a more 50-50, it allowed Derrick Henry to get a couple more
1: longer runs, mm-hmm. to, to split a couple of— uh, And that's what he does. I mean, that's what he does. Absolutely. He wears, he wears you down.
2: Absolutely. And that was the difference, and that's ultimately why, like I said, in the second half they were able to hit the plaque and pass and get that going. And we saw them look— like, a totally different offense. Right,
1: right. But that's just their game. It wasn't that the Steelers did anything different. And that's why, too, when we minimalized the first half performance, that's part of what kept Derrick Henry so quiet. Yes,
2: absolutely.
1: Like, you can't <laughs> minimalize that.
2: You can't. He, like it, it, the, the fact that he didn't get the opportunities in the first yes. half was more, I, I thought was just as important as the performance of the D-line and the linebackers. But it, it was more so, like I said, it's kind of like with Patrick Mahomes. You don't expect to go out there and stop Patrick Mahomes for 60 minutes. No, what you say is this. Look, for 30 of these minutes, we're going to need this
1: Mm -hmm. offense to eat up the clock. Right. We're going to need you to eat up the clock. And that's what the Steelers were doing in the first half. And if I wanted to argue it from the other perspective, right, because we've talked about this, you and I, on the show before. Steelers fans are just different, man. And it's it's why we have a Steelers Nation radio right Right. here, a 24-hour radio network. It's why the standard is the standard. Our expectation is just to a different level. Like, it just is. But I think sometimes if you if you peel back a little bit, man, like they're... <laughs> I'm going to peel back the curtain here a little bit. All right. Uh-oh, here we go, here we go. I used to have a coach that would always say to us in hockey, you can't win a game in the first period, but you can lose it in the first period. Mm-hmm. You know how much we'd be screaming our heads off nuts about how slow the Titans started that game today oh, if, no if, if we were doing radio in Nashville? No course At the question. end of the first quarter, the Steelers had 130 yards of offense. The Titans had one, mm-hmm. as in uno, mm-hmm. as in... Look at the amount of possession the as Titans in, had in the first
2: half versus uh, what the Steelers had in the first half. I not
1: d'état. Mm-hmm. Just uh just uno. Just one yard in the first quarter. So you can't lose the game in the first quarter. But if we were in Tennessee, we'd be arguing that maybe the Titans did. Or you can't sorry, you can't win the game in the first quarter, pardon right. me. As the Steelers. But if we were in Tennessee, maybe we'd be arguing the Titans did lose the game in the first quarter. But the Titans didn't lose the game in the first quarter. The Steelers dominated Correct. the first quarter. Like, I mean, you it, can't minimalize that and just say, oh, well, they let him back in in the second half. Like, there's concerns there, without a doubt, too. I'm not trying to sugarcoat that either. The offense needs to execute a little bit better. The defense had some opportunities to force some turnovers that they were just inches away from. Sometimes that's the way she goes. Sometimes those bounces just aren't there. There's a lot of minutia in that game. But just the minimalizing the first half, particularly the first quarter, and saying, like, ah, well, they just can't finish any teams. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would have loved... I, I wanted to see them win that game by 17 points, by 20 points as well, too. But the Titans are allowed to make plays.
2: Without a doubt, they are. And like I said, the Titans are 5-0 for a reason. They are a really good team for a reason. And they're going to still be in the mix of this thing down the line. I mean, that's a really good team. Now, obviously, the kicking situation, they got to get addressed because, I mean, this yeah. is that wasn't the first game where he's missed kicks. I mean, we talked about earlier in the year with the Broncos. They should have won by more, but it was due to missed field goals. So they'll have to get that addressed, but ultimately, that's a really good team. I just thought for the Steelers yesterday, man. They number one started out fast. The best we've seen them start out yeah, and in we've a been while. Been complaining
1: about that. I mean, all this season. their
2: first opening and, open and drive touchdown in what 28 games or something like that going into this uh past game against the Titans. So to see them come on and actually score a touchdown was really promising. And they did a good job of protecting the ball. Even you look at James Conney put it on the ground, still was able to get it back, and he did a great job, I thought, throughout the day. As a whole, the offense moved well. I just thought at times, and this was, like I said, more so that last drive of the second half. I mean, that last drive of the first half was when I really felt they started to, to get a little bit sloppy in terms yeah. of their execution. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, and from then on, we saw, okay, literally, that last – like I said, that last – uh Tom, that last possession they had the ball in the first half where they had the, uh, the interception in the end zone. From then on, you just saw them lacking the details that they used earlier on, and I thought that was one of the bigger issues with them. I thought from an intensity standpoint they had it throughout the game. I thought that they were executing for the most part throughout the game. But you you can't turn the ball over, man. That, that kills you. And, I mean, just think about this. If we talked about going into this game, I mean, I know for me, I said that, hey, you got to protect the ball. But imagine if we said the Steelers are going to be minus three in the turnover, uh, the turnover battle and still we're going to win a game. That does not happen. It is extremely hard in the NFL to win. I mean, <laughs> oh. if you're minus one in the NFL, your odds of winning drastically decrease. let alone minus three. You know I, I do the
1: research. Mm-hmm. Nobody's got notes like me. I stay up all night. Oh, yeah. You cook with the best, though. Going into Sunday in Nashville, Ben Roethlisberger's record as the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback when the Steelers had a three or worse turnover ratio, right? hmm Three and eleven. Now they're four and eleven. Fortunate in that regard. And again, without that first half performance, <laughs> maybe it's three and twelve. And maybe we're sitting Easy, here easily, yeah. Maybe we're sitting here pulling our hair out because the Steelers let one get away. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler at the body52. DaBody. We got a bunch of tweets already. We'll start to get to those on the other side here. And again, We're not going to sugarcoat everything. There's plenty this week that we'll discuss that the Steelers need to clean up, that they need to execute a little bit better, that they need to have better attention to detail in certain regards. But as we sit here 6-0 on a victory Monday, as as
0: the lone
1: undefeated team in the National Football League, we're going to have some fun. We're going to celebrate the good. We're going to be positive before we, uh, you know, before again, before we do address... Some of the uh the concerns that uh that do need corrected. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, Steelers Blitz, having some fun on a Victory Monday. Victory!
0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Rockin' and
1: rolling inside the electric factory. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler with you here. Can we just take a moment? I mean, can we just take a moment? Sometimes you gotta take a moment, man. The last two seasons, alright? I mean, there's been some good. But we haven't been smiling like this. We haven't nah. been laughing like this. We haven't been chuckling like this. You know, Arthur Motes, did you see the Zoom conferences last week where, uh, like, Bud and TJ were messing with Minka during his oh, conference? Absolutely. And then I think Cam, Cam was messing with Bud, Bud mm-hmm. during his. Do you remember the Steelers having that much fun last year? I don't.
2: Definitely didn't have that much fun last year, man.
1: I mean, I don't even think we had that much no. fun. We have a lot of fun. You and I have, have that a lot of fun, but year. we haven't had this yeah. much fun. 6 and 0. And. Mm. Here's the exciting thing, the most exciting thing for me, Arthur Motes. You and I have talked about this plenty of times on the history of this, uh, you know, just award-winning radio program here that we call Steelers Blitz. Mike Tomlin's teams historically, every year, play better as the season rolls along Mm -hmm. the second quarter of the season their record is better than the first quarter of the season the third quarter of the season their second record's better than the second quarter of the season the end of the year their last four games that's Mike Tomlin's best win percentage as Steelers head coach if you're breaking down the season by quarters four games apiece last year the team struggled out of the gates 2018 even though they got the seven two and one at one point and were rolling and that was a lot of fun they still struggled out of the gates 1-2 and 1 in their first four games. Motsi, 6 and 0 with a team that we know historically gets better under its head coach and you can't get better than 6 and 0. And they'll they'll lose some games. I mean they, no, they will.
2: Won't. don't don't you say that. They ain't going to lose no games. I want.
1: saw the article already today, Motsi. Oh, the 72 Dolphins, they're getting ready to pop champagne. Only one team left. All right. The Steelers are not going to go 19 and 0. Yeah, they will. It's the NFL in 2020. I'm calling it. They're going to undefeated. It. <laughs> it's the NFL in 2020. But this start, whew, my goodness. I, I think I just want to take a moment. 6-0. and I'm enjoying this. I am.
2: I'm always enjoying
1: it. <laughs> Trust me. I, I said I, I was
2: literally talking about this uh, actually yesterday. I said I feel like I'm double biased because number one, as a former player, I always feel like we're going to win, and number two, being a radio guy for the team, I feel like we're going to win. On top of that, so it's just it comes with the territory. <laughs> so I do fully expect them to continue on their winning
1: ways. Okay, fine. Nineteen and zero. Thank you. Start I appreciate train. that. Our buddy I, Devin I in Denver that. called it at the beginning of the season. He did. He did. So I, I love it. Keep keep that energy right, man. We have got a bunch of tweets rolling in here so far. Let's get to some of these because uh, we've talked about this, right? The response from the electric factory... From the power grid. Hey, they from they do the a phenomenal job. That's why
2: we love them, man.
1: I mean, we're getting so many tweets now. I mean, we can't we, just pigeonhole these guys at I mean, the end let's of the be show. Real. They even
2: got a, a a birthday gift. I mean, you talk about the, the lit one. That's right. That was one of her birthday requests, and she was
1: able to get that. So shout out to, to the squad. Nothing better than a birthday uh, birthday victory from Absolutely. one of your uh, from one of your favorite teams for sure on that one. Uh Cedric. Tweets, Uh, with the bye being moved to earlier in the season, the Steelers playing 13 straight games, does fatigue become a concern? I personally don't hmm. think fatigue becomes a concern. Honestly, when Maybe you're— Maybe in this stretch of two games here, because you're playing two really good, really physical teams, but— nah, I I'll tell you this. as a, You get in that grind, like, As a right? former
2: player, man, you get so locked into the yeah. grind. You don't get enamored with the storyline of, man, we're playing this many games in a row, because even with the bye week, And for, I guess for me in particular, the guys who played before they changed the rules for the bye week, sometimes, I mean, you weren't even getting off on the bye week. You were still practicing, anyways. So that was kind of the narrative with that. But ultimately, man, like I said, as a player, you're so singularly focused. It's always what's the next game, the next week. You don't really allow yourself. Time to think about what's going on around you, to think about you being tired or to think about you being fatigued. It's more so just on to the next All one. right, we won, we celebrate the win. All right, who we got next? Let's get them. You get and your
1: recovery days and then you yeah. get ready to go. And,
2: and honestly, you start to feel better as the season goes along, especially when you go on one of these runs, which in Pittsburgh, we were able to be, I was able to be a part of a couple of these where you win 10 in a row, 12 in a row. Honestly, as you're on that journey, you get more hype. And yeah, you, I wonder what you that make yourself I what feel that better. Feeling's like Like, honestly, man, I, I mm. like just from personal experience, man, it's like that you, would be awesome. you go from you win that first one, and then you win that second one. Before you know it, you look up and you got four down. And now you're like, all right, you, you win one or two close ones, and then you're like, dang, that's seven in a row. And before you know it, you're still not even thinking about how many it is in a row. During that time, uh, I mean, like I said, there's multiple times we did it, but there were plenty of times we didn't even know how many this was in a row. We just knew we were so focused on win this next one, just win this next one, and let's stack another one, just win this next one, that you, I mean, you, like I said, you, you feel revitalized by it. And then I will say this, when you do finally taste defeat, depending on when it happens, for us we obviously did it against the Patriots, you kind of sigh you're like, oh, man, that was kind of crazy. But then you're so pissed and so shocked that you lost because you haven't done it for so long. You're, like I said, amped up even more to get back on yeah, the wagon to win again. So, sense. So you really don't allow yourself to think about the fatigue and to think about the journey. Whereas when you're a part of it and you're losing, like I, I had a situation in Buffalo where we went on a span, we lost eight in a row. You feel that. You think then you're like, bro, I feel tired. Man, I'm just hurt. I'm just drained because – it's one thing to physically exert yourself, but when you're mentally on the short end yeah. too, because you're sure. constantly losing, sure. you never get that opportunity to recharge yourself. Whereas when you're winning, bro, winning cures you, all. You right? can feel terrible right now. You win, man. That 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 hit. Oh, my shoulder don't. Hey, you're Robert Spillane, Spillane yeah, <laughs> that shoulder don't feel as bad after a dub. Let them have. Let, let the team with a loss yesterday. Man, that shoulder hurt. Wins, they looking iffy for practice.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: When you win, you like bro. That joint ain't that bad. I'm good. I'm getting in the I'm tub. Good. I'm good. Absolutely. We're going to make it work. Yeah. I get a massage. And, and, and that's kind of the thought process with it. That's pretty much how you maneuver through it. So you really don't allow that to become an issue. And I, I will say, I feel like a lot of times, like I said, that's more media-driven. It's more narrative-driven. Sure, sure. For us, we look at it like, you're going to play these games regardless. It doesn't ama- It is one bye week. So it doesn't matter when that bye week is. It's only one. It's not some some magic cure-all. Like, yeah, you're going to play in these games anyways. The te-
1: the is competition's gonna be tough anyway, just going about your business. I can't imagine what that adrenaline's like. Oh, it's insane though, bro. I mean, you know, moats <clears throat> Insane. I had some impressive performances in my day, you know, where yeah, I yeah. just, you know, just started partying on a Thursday and just, you know, kept it rolling. I mean, you know. <laughs> just, you know, started started the bender in the middle of the week and just, you know I've never actually done that. Cut my eyelids off, didn't blink, you Dude, know, just you, adversity just you, kept it rolling.
2: Are, are you saying that I should try that since we're six and zero oh right now? Is that what you're implying? I just come in here, just you know, just there Thursday, some, just
1: get after it. There were some uh, you know, some long Thursdays, some long Fridays where I had some doubters. You know, the, the noon Ooh. kickoff on Saturdays. I had some doubters at the He's tailgate. He's not going to make it. At 8 a.m., uh, <laughs> is he going to make it? But you know what? At 8.30, 8.45, I'd rock up there. I'd be ready to go. <laughs> I mean, I cut my eyelids off a few times. But not like Robert Spillane in the hole against Derrick Henry, baby. Whew. We got a lot of tweets about Spillane. Uh, we've got a lot of tweets rolling in here in general. We will get to those as we go along. Antonio says, I'm with Moats. We're going 19-0, baby.
2: Period. Only way to do it, baby. <laughs> Only way to do it.
1: Uh, there's going to be a lot of reaction. I love it. That was the one thing. I knew as the game was winding down today that we would have an interactive show. Or, sorry. I knew as the game was winding down yesterday that we would have an interactive show today. Right? because I knew it was going to be 6 and 0 and everyone was going to want to get their opinions in mm-hmm. and their excitement about that or it was going to be you know the Steelers let one slip away and everyone was going to be frustrated and, and want to vent. So we have we've got a bunch of reaction here on the twitter.com. Keep it coming. At Wesley Ullr at the body fifty two The body. And we will keep on celebrating 6 and 0. The lone team on the NFL mountain, the undefeated mountain. Staring it's you down. Very lonely at the top. It's very, We're very lonely at the top. Staring you down, nineteen seventy two Dolphins. You better watch out. You better put that champagne away. We're coming for that. You know what in fact they can put the champagne like in the cellar right now, you know? Isn't that right? You share, you should you store champagne in a wine yes. cellar too, right? Mm-hmm. Why don't the Dolphins put that down in the wine cellar for now and then they can give it to the Steelers, what, in a few months now? Like, that like, like right. mid February. Actually, yeah, but it's
2: wait until the Super Bowl's over. We yeah, don't, we save don't it take it like, beforehand. it for like, what, yeah. three, four months for us. That's and all then you we'll to come do. take
1: it off your hands. That's all you got to do. Championship. <laughs> <laughs> we continue the shenanigans, the hijinks, the celebration of the 6 0 conversation on the other side. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
1: Arthur Motes, I did some research for you, all right? You did? Yeah, can I be honest with you? All right, what you got? I was a little peeved this morning. You were? Yeah, I was a little, um... You know, as my grandfather might say, I was a little honked off this morning. Mm, okay. You know, someone cooked my grits. Hmm. Someone hushed my grits. No, they cooked my grits. I was right the first time. I'm trying to think okay, of any okay. other cliche that I could go with here to say okay. that I was angry. A lot of people are saying, "Ah, oh, well, the Steelers are six and zero, but they haven't played anybody, right? They haven't played anybody. Steelers but are six and zero. Lying to themselves. Steelers are six and zero, and the only team they really played was the Titans. And you know what? They were lucky to win that game, Steven Goskowski, They were lucky. Uh, side note, Goskowski, you know, he must have missed out on all those extra off-site practices. Mm-hmm. You know he only had one practice. <laughs>
2: they did drop that. Did you hit him drop
1: that? They've only had one practice uh, in the past two weeks. I know. Yeah. Uh, woe is me continues. Um, so I heard that again this morning, all right? I was watching uh, Get Up, you know, and, and Rex Ryan, you know, he's a big Steelers fan. He's got a lot of, lot of reasons to like the Steelers. I mean, Ravens guy. Mm-hmm. Lost to the Steelers in the AFC Championship game mm-hmm. with the Jets. I mean, he's got a lot of reasons to like the Steelers. I see. I thought he would like him because he likes feet, and we know one of the most iconic foot-related plays was with
2: AB on a Browns kicker.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I just figured, hey. Or you know, oh, you know Franco
2: Harris
1: caught the immaculate reception down by his feet. See, you know, it's a, it's a lot of uh, hey, footprints are outside uh, of uh, Larry
2: Foot. Just <laughs> <laughs> saying, who do we talk about here? You know, just <laughs> figure he would he would love the Steelers for that
1: you know they were talking about who the best team in the NFL was, are the Steelers the best team in the NFL? Are the Steelers the best team in the AFC? And Rex Ryan was talking about how he'd put the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ahead of the Steelers right now because they've beaten better teams and I was a little honked off. My mm. my grits were cooked, right? You know, um, I was upset.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you know Arthur Motes, I pulled out my patented research. You know, I got notes on everything. Okay, you do this is Took true. out my notebook, you know. You can hear me Jeez. flipping through the pages there. I got research on everything, and here's what my research told me, Arthur Motes. What did it reveal to you, my All these friend? people talking about uh, how the Steelers have had an easy schedule so far. So I went and I plucked some of the best teams from around the National Football League, right? Who okay. we perceive are the best teams in the NFL right now. Yeah. Seven of them that I researched here. Seven? Oh, okay. And how many wins they have against current playoff teams, right? So if the playoffs started tomorrow, mm-hmm. how many wins would you have against teams that are currently right. in the playoffs? Because that's the measure of a good team, right? And you're making I the mean, playoffs yeah. or not. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have one. Mm-hmm. The Green Bay Packers have zero. Mm-hmm. The Seattle Seahawks have zero. Mm-hmm. The Tennessee Titans have one against your Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. The Baltimore Ravens have two. The Kansas City Chiefs have two. Mm-hmm. The Pittsburgh Steelers have three. And who are the three for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers? The Tennessee Titans...
2: You brought Cle- the Throw Philadelphia the Cleveland Eagles?
1: Browns. Well, Now, to be fair, I included Philadelphia for the other teams as okay, well. Okay. Okay. The say, Ravens yeah. have two. If you take, if you take, yeah. if you knock one off the Steelers, <laughs> then that would knock the Ravens down I, to I, one I as feel well. Like
2: any NFC East team needs to be thrown away right now. You're right.
1: <laughs> You're right. And I made that caveat right because again. Then you would have to take one off. I, I credited, Which I'm
2: completely fine with. But I credited that, the Ravens yeah, with that, that, that as well, who? too.
1: But if you do it that way, then the Steelers have two, the yeah. Chiefs have two, the Ravens have one, Tennessee has one, Tampa yeah. Bay has one, the Packers and Seattle, goose egg, zero. Arthur Motz, we've talked about how we kind of yeah. think that's a load of crap. I mean, you just play the teams that are in front of you. No, you, you absolutely do. It's not college football, all right? Mm-hmm. Your strength of schedule doesn't help to get you into the playoff or not. Correct. But they they have just as many wins against playoff teams as anybody else.
2: Well, and the thing is this, I always laugh at this whole we got to compare and contrast schedules. I'm like, bro, at the six week mark, or excuse me, seventh true, week mark, yeah. like we're a third of the way through the bro, season. Like,
1: stop. It's like 35 percent, 38 percent of the games, or something. like I, that.
2: I, I look at when we try to compare the playoff teams at the seven week mark. It's kind of like when teams are like, hey, if the season ends today, they would have them one seat. Like, bro, it's week three. Chill.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So,
2: so that's kind of how I just feel about it. I think early on, obviously, the reason why people talk about the the teams that guys have played, especially as it pertains like the first three or four weeks, is because you really don't know who is good and who is not good, right? Right. Then from there, you start to see certain things form. Like, all right, this team is one in three. That team's two and whatever, and you start to get a better picture of it. But. I still don't think that that's an end-all, be-all argument, even though some people do try to use it that way in terms of strength of schedule, like you said, as if it was college. It's not. At the NFL level, the reason why the whole strength of schedule argument goes out the window is because you can get bad teams that still perform well, still play very sure. competitive because they have good players.
1: Look at look at the Jets right. this past it, yesterday. It's, it's not the scenario in
2: college where a, a, a central Arkansas versus Alabama – Central Arkansas just doesn't have nowhere near the level of talent from an athletic standpoint or athlete standpoint to compete with Alabama. No, no, no. At the NFL level, they all got all pros. They all have pro bowlers. Like, that's the scenario. That's why all the games are a lot closer than the collegiate level, kind of what we hinted to at the beginning of this Mm -hmm. thing. But, yeah, I feel like it's still so early. I mean, I understand people say, well, almost at the halfway point. It's a reason why this, the season goes all the way to sixteen games, man. Because it, it just—it's not realistic. I mean, we see this time and time again, where teams at the seven-week part of the eight-week part look really good, right? And then it starts to shift. All right, now they got to play on the road a little bit. Now they got to do this a little bit, go into a a more competitive situation, and then you start to see the truth about some of these teams they're playing against. I think that is, is more of the story with this, but. You know how narratives go, man. We just got to roll with them, baby. As long as long as we keep winning, I really don't care who they play. They could play the the, the any school they would like to play. If They were playing, and this is an offense to Robert Morris, Duke, <laughs> even Pitt. If they wanted to play those three teams the next three weeks, as long as they won, I would not care. I wouldn't. We do not care. Just line them up. We're gonna we're gonna get our dub, and that's all that matters, baby. That is all that matters. Yeah, for sure. I'm with you.
1: Uh, on Twitter, we got a bunch of tweets coming in here. Uh, Barry says, "We sure are some spoiled fans. Six and zero, and we've complained about five of the victories. <laughs> uh, like seriously." And then you look at a team
2: like the Browns, who are five and two and eight. I mean, it's a totally different. Oh my gosh! Vibe they're ready to there. plan the parade in right Cleveland
1: today. Uh, Barry says, "Eulerism. That's not about how. It's about how many. And we got six. That's right, Barry. We got six this season, and we got six of them Lombardi's too, baby." G-Rob says, G-Rob, what's up, dude? We haven't what's heard from you happening? in a while. Right? Uh, getting used to these Victory Mondays. For me, what stands out most is the Steelers are winning as a team, sharing the love on all sides of the ball. A little luck never hurts, and if we didn't dominate in the first half, we wouldn't have been in that position in the first place. Yeah. Absolutely. And, I mean, let's not kid ourselves, too. Speaking of luck, the Steelers got some at the end of the game with Gostkowski missing missing that field goal. The Titans had some bounces that way, too. We talk about the, the deflected pass, right, that was intercepted, um, that was Ben's second interception, correct? Yeah. Uh, we talked exact- about a couple of those Minka opportunities on some bobbles that he had there. Like, there were a couple of bounces that, that went the Titans' way as well, too. It, it goes both yeah. ways. It, it always
2: does. And that's why when we talk about, like, how people want to blame referees at times, I'm like, don't do that because we could literally go back and forth with that. It's a three-and-a-half-hour right? game. And then they're like, oh, well, we had some, they had some lucky breaks, and bounces go to I'm like, hey, don't act like we didn't either. We saw some drops as well, man, that could have been turnovers. I mean, it it happens. That's a part of the game. But for the majority of the time, the Steelers did what they needed to do and ultimately they won. And that's, like I said, all that matters, man. Now, like I said, they're they're gonna get better, and any good team does. That's we, what you're supposed to do. We talked about
1: that. That's what the Steelers yeah. do every year under Mike. You Tom. find they're ways far to continue to a, grow and get better. Product. No
2: question. We're we're not expecting this team at the the week seven mark to be Super Bowl ready right now. No, it's gonna take time. They're gonna have to continue to grow, continue to have some bumps and bruises. But ultimately, man, if you can experience some of these bumps and bruises but get them while winning, I mean, hey, we'll take it. You know what's next in the narrative,
1: right? If the Steelers do drop a game. Uh oh. Oh, they peaked too early. They uh, definitely oh, peaked they too early. Peaked the Pittsburgh I told Steelers. you. I told Here you. Here is my three minute Twitter video on why yeah. the Pittsburgh Steelers peaked too early.
2: Mm
1: hmm.
2: <laughs> you know, you know
1: for a fact they'll hit you with that, man. It's Listen, I will say this it is better for the national football media. I mean, and I don't even. Want to, national football media is maybe too big of a, uh, a, a, too broad of a brush to paint. Anybody who operates in football content, <laughs> basically, man, they like this from the Steelers. I mean, they really do because the Steelers are. They're one of those teams, right? We they talk about like the Cowboys. That it's a perfect uh, dichotomy. It's a perfect balance. It's a perfect mm-hmm. juxtaposition in that regard. The Cowboys are an absolute mess right now. And that's great content. The Steelers are the only undefeated team left in the if, Great if, content. If, if, if football people, who, you know, people who work in the media, people who cover football, if they could have the Steelers and the Cowboys be the best and the worst team in the league every year, like one be a train wreck and one be really good, that would be what's best for business. Without a doubt, man. That would be they what's best for business. They absolutely love
2: it. They love it. <laughs> and like you said, when, when you think about just the, the national – stamp that those organizations have I mean they moved the needle you either oh. tune in because you want to see them win or you tune in because you want to see them lose mm-hmm. but either way and you're, you're tuning tune in and in.
1: one of them's losing a lot and one of, them's winning, one of them's winning a lot they love it uh the lit one Rebecca lit, lit, lit. she says do you think Cam Hayward will ever say yeah I'm good with that performance after a game a lot of respect for our captain never I'll tell you when when he's hoisting that Lombardi in February, right? That's that's when he'll say, oh, it was, "I'm good with that performance." When you're it, good old Cam. When it gets that when it gets that ring on his finger, baby. Uh, but it but it was a good performance by uh, by that Steelers front for sure. I wonder if when we come back here, that's going to be one of the things that Professor Moats talks about. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Folks, he's on a roll this season, the professor. And I know you've all had good attendance because we're 6-0, and so we're doing something right. We'll go into the classroom. What were the key moments, the key things that you should have noticed that led to Steelers' victory? Professor Motes, will break it down when we come back to start the 1 o'clock hour. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. The body. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: Euler and Motes are on the air this is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold SNR Steelers Nation Radio
1: good afternoon Steelers Nation how we doing undefeated well that's good me too Arthur Motes Wesley Euler our number two Inside the Electric Factory here on your 24-7 Home of the Black and Gold. Keep those tweets rolling in. We've got a bunch to get to here. We will as we roll along. We are just moments away from Professor Motes on a Monday. But you know what, Moatsy? What's up? You know, most of our loyal listeners, I think, know this by now just from listening to the show. It's not really something that we point out too often. You joke about it sometimes on most Motes hosts Friday's. Um, but one of the dynamics of this show, right, is I'm the one who kind of sits behind the board here. Must be nice. Right? Like, we don't—well, we did in the past have producers sometimes when we'd be down on the south side. But in this quarantine world, right, it's just you and I in the studio. I sit kind of behind the controls here and push the buttons and everything. Um, and I'm and just sure so I'm
2: your noble steed.
1: I, <laughs> I, you know, I pick the music and all that and everything from time to time. You're Shrek. I'm Donkey. I got it. So I have the uh, you know, I have this system here at my fingertips, essentially, is what I'm yes. trying to say. We have a audio search system here, right? And mind you, we're part of the we're part of the iHeart family here, right? So we are in the same building. For those of you that don't know, for those of you that might be loyal or not loyal listeners, new listeners, or maybe you haven't picked up on this yet. We are in the DVE, the iHeart building, right? So we're in the same building here. I mean, right beside us is the X Studios right down the hallways. Kiss FM right over in the corner Mm -hmm. is WDVE upstairs. It's ESPN Pittsburgh. It's 3WS. It's the Penguins Studios.
2: All all of the who's who's of Pittsburgh radio.
1: So all of that sound, right? All of the different music that I just mentioned from all those stations, all the different comedy bits, everything you could imagine, any interview, audio, all that stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Is in our system, right here at my fingertips. (laughs) So during this break, I don't know why, I've never done this before. I mean, Moats and I, it's been like two and a half years now that we've been rocking this show, two and a half Steelers seasons. Mm -hmm. I went into our audio search system, (laughs) and I typed in five simple letters. Oh, man. M-O-A-T-S. And, buddy, we got a plethora (laughs) of stuff here. So let's we'll do this, you know, throughout the um throughout maybe the rest of the show today and we'll do this from time to time. I got all kinds. Of, let's play a little Moats content roulette here, all right? All right, we here we go, here we what go. What do you want? We have, let me read some of this off to you. Uh, Moats sacks Sam Bradford. Benz talks to Arthur Moats. Oh, here's you, Tim Benz. Uh, <laughs> Arthur Moats on continuity. Arthur Moats on multiple head coaches. Uh, James Harrison strip sack. Arthur Moats recover. Moats <gasps> sacked by Kaepernick. Oh, there's there's some timely highlights right there, I tell you. Uh, Bryce McKenna. McCain, fumble recovery, Arthur Motes on the strip, Motes on the eight on a potential 18-game schedule. We got Motes INT, Motes I know which on one defensive improvement. I know which one I want. Motes sack, Motes sack, Motes sack, Motes sack of Michael Vick, Andy Vic. Dalton. All right, what do you want? Give me the Bryce McCain fumble recovery. That
2: was Monday Night Football versus the Baltimore Ravens. Forced the fumble on uh, Justin Forsett at the time. Yeah, I like that play. That was a good one. Good All memories. Right, you
1: ready for this? Yeah,
2: first Monday Night Game too.
1: Oh, come on, Billy.
2: He's supposed to drop He's me in there. It. Come it's on. Billy. He's running
1: with the rock there. Jeez. Come on, Billy. All right, one more here then. One more here. Let's see what we got here. Uh, there's a whole bunch of sacks in here. Don't want them sacks on, man. Get- Vic, Dalton, Kessler, McCown, Webb. Uh, Davis, Webb. There's a couple Davis. Go, Vic. Go, Vic. Cast my dog. Go, Vic. Okay, okay, okay. Let's, see. Let's see here. All right, we better get a name drop from Billy here.
2: Out of here, <laughs> throw, throw the whole broadcast away. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible.
1: Arthur Motes doesn't like this game. This is terrible. Early returns on this. Motes, Hi, related Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Two plays, though no name, drop no nothing. Man, throw the whole system away, man. <laughs> All right,
1: we'll save that for another time. We'll Hi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Let's get down to business here. Let's get down to business. All right, let's go inside of the classroom. Professor Motes, all there right? There we go. Let's do this. He doesn't need a name drug. I'm going to control my narrative over here since you you got me over here sounding real underwhelming. Professor Motes, he's certified everywhere. He ain't got to bring a resume. <laughs> let's go inside the classroom.
2: All right, all right, all right. Class is in session. So to start it out, man, you know how we do this on a Monday, especially when it's a victory Monday. Let me mm-hmm. hear you say five. Five. Hold on, let me hear you say five. Cinco. Hey, let me hear you say five, baby. One, two, three, four, five, Baby. Baby. All right, so to start it out, man, we got to start out with the first one, and that's taking advantage of the moment. And there are a lot of guys on this list, man, but first we got to start out with Robert Spillane. We knew it was gonna be his first start, filling in for Devin Bush. How would he respond? How would he answer the bell? And who did he answer it in a cool. big, big time way? I mean, dude, when you look at his stats way I think he had three total tackles, man, but we saw the big time tackle that he had on the goal line against Derrick Henry, a grown man tackle that I was just so excited about. Once again, he was playing fast, playing with great confidence, taking full advantage of that opportunity. The next person, man, on that list of taking advantage, Chooks for getting injured, and who had to come in? Gerald Hawkins. Yeah. We saw him come in playing a big way, keep seven clean and upright. I mean, this guy just got traded back to the team. Now With he's his... taking on Jadavian Clowney. No question, man. It happens fast, man, but it was great to see him come in and be prepared and execute at a high level. And then from there, Henry Mundu. 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 I mean, dude, do you want him as a fullback or you want him as a defensive tackle? Do you want him running down, covering, kickoffs? Because he literally did everything. And, man, I was very impressed by that. Um, This is his first – I think it was his first game up with the helmet and things like that. So to see him be able to come out there and produce the way he did, have some critical plays, man, I thought that was really good performance by him. And then, you know, we got to go to my man Ray Ray McCloud. Shout out to the primetime neck. Uh, he had the mm-hmm. headband around the neck. Real, real Deion Sanders like Man, did he almost house something in the return game. But it was good to see, once again, taking advantage because we knew prior to Deontay Johnson getting hurt, Deontay was the primary punt returner. But now we saw Ray Ray get the, uh, the opportunity following last week's performance. And once again, man, showing flash. I mean, literally, he's one cut. Right. Instead of cutting back left from scoring on a punt return for a touchdown, man. He's just proven that he's very electric in the return game and just continuing to show his worth and show ultimately how you take advantage of these opportunities. And then the last two guys, Ulysses Gilbert III and Justin Lane, both of those guys got their numbers called in big ways. Obviously, Ulysses was used as the primary coverage linebacker in obvious passing situations and Justin Lane had a larger role due to Mike Hilton being out and Cam Sutton having to play more so he took on Cam's role but man I just thought both of those guys also played really well in terms of coverage they didn't look lost their effort was really good I just thought as a whole man all of those guys took full advantage of those opportunities and I think that that's going to go extremely well for them in the long run in terms of the Steelers having more depth and having more confidence with these players when their numbers are called again I think you're right, Professor. I'm picking up what you're putting down here so far. Absolutely, man. Now, the next thing we got to talk about, the number two point. Everybody say two. Zwei. Two. Dos. Two, baby. Two, baby. Man, and this is simple. Good things happen when you stay positive. And we're talking about my man, Juju Smith-Schuster. Now, we knew at the beginning of the season, well, even before the beginning of the season, right, we knew he had a lot of people questioning him, his uh, his focus, where were his priorities, was he going to be productive or not. We saw him start out extremely hot, right? Then we saw him kind of have a couple of games where it was down from a productivity standpoint. But, number one, he kept his energy always at a high. Yes, he, kept he did. Seeing, uh kept smiling, cheering his teammates on Being positive, right? Now, Powell. we talked about the contract year and everything that goes with that and ultimately how you need to have a sense of urgency to perform. But at the time, it wasn't happening, right? But he kept that energy positive. He kept that mindset, right? And ultimately, this was his game. This was the opportunity he had where he ended up being number two on the team in targets at 14. Targets, he fell behind Deontay Mm -hmm. Johnson, who had 15. But he had nine catches, 85 yards, was very impactful, had critical – possession catches in terms of moving the sticks at certain points. I just thought as a whole, man, it was really good to see him get this type of opportunity because he's been doing all the things right that you would want from a guy in terms of just being the ultimate teammate and understanding that, hey, it's not going to be my number every week. Sometimes I got to take a backseat role, but in this particular case, his number was called. And, man, it was, like I said, good to just see him perform at a high level.
1: You are not lying. You are not lying Ooh. a lot of a lot of good performances Absolutely. at a high level
2: it definitely was it definitely yeah, was.
1: i like seeing guys perform at a high level
2: sometimes you got to do that right all right now you ready for number three i'm ready if you're ready for number three let me hear you say twa twa let me hear you say Trey. Trey. and let me hear you say whatever else you want to say dry there we go and this is another one that i'm always excited about because it's called showing your worth mm. and in particular i got four people that i want to talk about here number one vince williams We know his contract. We know he got paid handsomely because he excels at what? Stopping the run and blitzing the quarterback. Yesterday, both of those things on full display. Not only was he having big time tackles on Derrick Henry and this is the thing that I love, too. When we talk about big-time tackles, no, I'm not talking about the tackles for losses. No, I'm not talking about the, the the ones where he's down by the line of scrimmage. I'm talking about he had probably three or four where he's diving at Derrick Henry to get him down before Derrick Henry is able to get up on these safeties and corners. We know what Derrick Henry can do to safeties and corners. We saw it numerous times this season, we've seen it even dating back to last season. It was plays like that where I said, man, not only is Vince dominating in the part of his game that he excels in, but he's also doing some of this extra stuff, man. Diving on some of these tackles to ultimately keep Henry from being able to get that full head of steam going into the secondary. It was things like that. Also, you see him get the big time sack and who did he beat in pass pro? Mm -hmm. Derrick Henry. It was things like that that really just reminded not only me, but I felt like Still a Nation of why this yeah. guy is paid the way he's paid, why this team has the level of trust they have in him, and why ultimately he's been able to do this for so long now because of that, because he continues to show his work and his value in that department. If, that's, if you're a one-trick pony, you better be great at that one trick. <laughs> and my friend, Vince Williams, is definitely that. And then the other three guys that I wanted to talk about were Tua, Cam, and Tyson. Man, we talked about how the Titans' offensive line had been dominating the line of scrimmage throughout this season and ultimately why Derrick Henry was able to have the success that he had. How many times, though, did we see Cam? Did we see it? Did we see Tyson having big-time plays against Derrick Henry? Big-time plays controlling the line of scrimmage. Some of the times, I mean, it was a beautiful play. it. swim moves over his guy yeah. to make a big tackle for loss. Those guys showed up in a big way to play and ultimately showed why they are valued the way they are, why Cam Hayward is paid the way he's paid, why Stefan Tudor is paid the way he is paid, and ultimately why Tyson was drafted the way he was drafted in that 2010 draft class, baby. But ultimately, man, I just thought those three guys as a whole showed up in a big way throughout the game, and that's why I thought the running game looked the way it did from the Titans' perspective.
1: Yeah, we got a tweet about Vince Williams, our buddy mm-hmm. David. Our buddy David said, I mean, I I am with all the Robert Spillane love. He deserves it. But how about some props for Vince Williams as well? Yeah. Vince, he reads, he reads defenses. Well, that too. He reads offenses so well. (laughs) Like he just reads offenses so well. I feel like he is always a step ahead. And, and, you know, we talk about how he is not the most Mm -hmm. just naturally, physically gifted athletic guy. He makes up for it with his brain, man. He is cerebral. That absolutely all those football IQ cliches, they they truly apply to Vince Williams.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, being a teammate of Vince's for four years and obviously me and him having similar stories being six round draft picks. Obviously he went to Florida State, where it's a little bit more glamorous. But that was one of the things that we both had always talked about in terms of how do you play long in this league if you're not a first round talent, if you don't run four three, if you're not six four what do you do to stand out right and those are things we talked it was like man you got to be the smartest guy on the field you have to know everything and and when it pertains to you you need to know your strengths your weaknesses and what you can do to minimize your weaknesses Mm. and what you can do to maximize your strengths and when i tell you he is literally one of the smartest players on that defense and every week He's going to be one of the smartest guys on the field. That's his preparation. That's his commitment. And ultimately, why he's been able to be as successful as he's been. You don't last this long in the league. I mean, this is what his uh, eighth year, I think it is. I believe so, yes. Yes, eighth year. You don't last that long. if I mean, and and without having the athletic ability of a first-rounder, obviously. But you don't last eight years in this league if you aren't smart, especially playing defense. If you're just a special teams guy, that's one thing. But this kid has been on defense for a while now. It's because of his brain. It's because of how smart he is and how much he prepares for this for these matchups, and also why he's able to be as successful as he is, man. It's a beautiful yeah. thing to see, man. It really a is. Beautiful thing to see. B e a u Facto. Now, number four.
1: You got this. It's Quattro. Yeah. You got this. Beer in German. All right, you got uh-huh. this. Uh huh. toi. What's next? No. You know what's next
2: anyways. It doesn't matter. You know what's next? <laughs> this is what next. The Wizard of Buzz! Kickers matter. All right, ladies and gentlemen, kickers matter. Yes, you do. look at this matchup, right? We talked about two 5-0 teams. We talked about how good both of these teams were. And ultimately, man, it came down to what? Special teams. It came down to one kicker being Chris Boswell going two for two on his field goals. And the other guy going one for two on his field goals. Mm. Man, it's, it's things as small and minute as it is. It cost them. It is crazy when you look at uh, Stephen Gaskowski's um, just kicks on the year. I mean, 50 plus. He's five for five. Yeah. 40 to 49. I think it was four for 11 or a five yeah, for 11. That's weird. It was a crazy situation. Whereas obviously Boz has been pretty much perfect throughout this whole. That's season. That's on the Titans,
1: then. You know, I mean, they should they shouldn't have gotten so far up the field for that last field goal. They should <laughs> they should have hey, stayed hey, hey, back 10 yards. Right, let me get
2: 50. It. Can I kick it for 50, please? I don't want the 40. Let me kick for 50. <laughs> It's, it's ultimately the details, though, and that's why I really wanted to apply Bosnitz because we've seen the scenario where Bosnitz struggled. Yeah. Two, was that two years ago yep. now? Where obviously he was dealing with some injuries. Lots of people wanted kicking, to get rid of him. No question, but they stuck with him. Ultimately trusted the coaches and trusted the, the management side of it. And ultimately, man, you see how he's been able to perform and how kicking hasn't even been an issue or even a thought. When he goes out. and he's been money, he's been automatic. That right there was the biggest difference in this game, man. You, you can't miss field goals at the nfl level especially in the second half man because it will cost you and we saw that cost the titans in a big way so that's why we got to shout out my man the wizard of boss i dig it I and now dig it. for the fifth and final point today in the lecture are you ready for the fifth and final point always i know this are you is sure your, i know
1: this is your favorite one i always love this one right here because it's
2: number five. but it's a simple concept man find a way find a way Mm -hmm. you have to find a way to win because when you talk about championship football when you talk about the legit contenders they don't allow oh the schedule shifted they don't allow that to to hinder their performance oh the weather isn't right they don't allow that to hinder their performance oh man we're turning the ball over they don't allow that to hinder their performance all the penalties all injuries they don't allow none of that shoot they didn't even allow the cbs broadcast getting janky to interfere with their performance That's ultimately the sign of a championship team. They find ways to handle it. They find ways to, hey, if we're starting off fast and we get a big lead and we win that way, great. If we start off slow and we gotta come from behind, okay, great. If we get a big lead, the team comes back on us and we still gotta find a way to win, okay, great find a way i don't care about the excuses don't tell me about the labor just give me my baby and ultimately man that's what the stills were able to do yesterday and what they've been doing through these first six weeks and i fully anticipated to continue because of just their ability from a talent standpoint along with for the majority of part let, let, let's be real we're not going to see too many three interception games from ben this year that's not going to be a, a, a common theme you're not going to see too many times where they have self-inflicted penalties in the red zone we're not going to see a lot of that now the injuries they're fifty fifty, but for the majority of the adversity that this team has had to face, they're not gonna continue to face that. And as long as they keep playing how they're playing, they're gonna continue to stack these wins. So that was my last thing in terms of just finding a way to win, baby.
0: Find a way.
1: Don't tell me about the labor, just show me the baby. It's that simple. Did you call with that? I've heard it numerous times. I was gonna say, I mean, that could be our that might be our first patented moats Ah no. No. Nah. Our first in Motzism mm-hmm. on the show was, and here's why. Mm-hmm. And here's why. Then the second that's one is, when, that's when I you don't knew do the, hypotheticals. That's when you knew the point was coming. That's when you knew you were about to lay it mm-hmm. down. That was our original. You know, Arthur Motz is a really good poker player now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when he first came into this poker playing business, oh, he yeah, just needed some yeah, yeah, yeah. polishing. You got some tips? You know? Yeah, you got a little tips. i tell you what. That was your only tell. You know, that was your. that's when we knew that you weren't bluffing was when you said, and here's why. That's mm-hmm. when we knew. I mean, the truth was coming, baby. He's laying down the hammer, baby. <laughs> you want the truth? You can't handle you the can truth. can't handle the truth. Did uh, you want the code cool Red? A whole bunch of tweets rolling in here, including one from Harry that says, where's the Monday Minute at? <gasps> yeah, baby, yeah. It's coming up next. All right, keep those tweets rolling in at Wesley Euler at the body 52 the body. We'll get to him before we get out of here. We'll do a little Monday Minute on the other side. Just so much to get to on a Monday inside the electric factory. Euler, Motes, SNR.
0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
1: So much to get to, so little time. You have Victory Mondays in here, Arthur Motes. You know, they always feel me leaving like Willy Wonka. Yeah, you know, there's so true? much to get to, so little time. One of those things that we almost forgot about was the Monday Minute, Arthur Motes. You can't forget the Monday Minute. I wasn't going to let you forget the Monday Minute. Yeah, neither was Harry on the Twitter.com. We will get back to the tweets before we get out of here. But yeah, it's it's obviously been all Steelers, as it quite often is, and as it certainly should be on a Victory Monday. I don't even want to know where you got the list from today. Because I figured you was going to let me just catch ESPNPGH.
2: it on P-G-H. Oh, now ESPNPGH.com. Oh, that's where you can find my Monday Minute goes. article every week.
1: Here he every goes. Monday, that's where you can find my Show Me the Money article every Come Friday. Come on. That's where you can find my random hockey articles whenever Penguin season's uh-huh. happening. Yeah, yeah. ESPNPGH.com. Look at the plug. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Arthur Motz, it wouldn't be right if we didn't do a little around the league talk on this Monday. What better way to do so than the Monday minute? One I mean, thought that is mandatory. One thought on each team who played on Sunday. Some good, some bad, some serious, some goofy, and now with proper music.
0: Oh yeah.
1: The Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott should demand a cool half billion dollars to ever take a snap for Dallas again. The Washington football team, watch these guys end up winning the NFC East this year. Uh, Much weirder things have happened so far in 2020. The Pittsburgh Steelers had them the whole way, baby. There was no doubt about it. The Tennessee Titans. Apparently, Steven Goskowski missed out on all those extra off-site practices. The Green Bay Packers. <clears throat> He's a bad man. <laughs> the Houston Texans. they do the right thing and trade J.J. Watt to an NFC contender, would ya? The Detroit Lions. I need to know. Did the Falcons outline the Lions? Or did the Lions out-falcon the Falcons? How does that work out? Speaking of those Atlanta Falcons, you guys think Trevor Lawrence looks good in red? Mm. The Cleveland Browns, wow, two wins over the Bengals by a combined eight points. Plan the parade, Cleveland. The Cincinnati Bengals, hey, chin up, Bengals fans. I know this for sure. You have the best quarterback in Ohio, all right? You might have lost this battle, but in the long term, I could see you winning the war. Carolina Panthers, uh, Teddy Bridgewater needs some help on that offense. The New Orleans Saints. How about some roses for Alvin Kamara? Seven straight games with over 100 all-purpose yards. The Buffalo Bills. It was not pretty, but they don't ask how. They ask how many. The New York Jets. It's still pretty bad. The Kansas City Chiefs. You know this team. You know this team is a bucket. Just an absolute weapon. When Patrick Mahomes throws for one touchdown pass, barely hits 200 yards. Crazy. And they still score 43 points. The Denver Broncos. I don't think Drew Locke is the answer, guys. The San Francisco 49ers. Welcome back to New England. Jimmy G. The New England Patriots. Oh, man. Doesn't it suck to see all your exes thriving? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I hope the locker room enjoyed that victory. Antonio Brown's on his way to mess things up. Stepbrothers style. The Las Vegas Raiders. is <laughs> amazing. Uh, with the loss of the Buccaneers, you are now the lesser of the NFL's two teams named after Marauders. Walk the plank. Mm. The Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> I got nothing funny to say about Jacksonville. This is just a bad football team. The LA Chargers. Uh, of all the teams right now with underwhelming records, two and four, you know, things of that nature, I think the Chargers might have a chance to make a playoff push. Justin Herbert can play, folks. The Seattle Seahawks. Uh, you are fast, Ricky Bubby, but I am faster. I mean, you are fast, Buddha Baker, but I am faster. That was DK Metcalf, Talladega Knights. <laughs> and last but not least, the Arizona Cardinals. I- I've been screaming for you to get Isaiah Simmons on the field more uh, more the entire season. Get Isaiah Simmons more involved on defense all year. And look what he did last night, the game-winning interception. He can't be on the sideline as much as he is. Arthur Moats. that is my Monday Minute Week 7 edition.
2: What say you? I love it. I love it. I love it. First off, for the Dallas Cowboys, two things. Uh, Number one, Dak deserves a blank check. And number two, shout out to
1: Ben DiNucci, baby! Go Dukes! (laughs) If if there was a guy that you created in a lab for me to dislike, just from a pure sports perspective... Pine Ridge high school, (laughs) went to Pitt, and now granted he didn't finish up there. Right, right. (laughs) All you gotta tell me next is that like he supports Liverpool or Chelsea. That's That's my arch nemesis. (laughs) You'll love
2: to see it. You'll love to see it. (sighs) Secondly, Washington football team, it's the name, bro. You keep the name, man. This could be your year, man. Win the division, and shout out to Jimmy Moreland as well, man. Go Dukes again. Pittsburgh Steelers. We planned it like that the whole way. We wanted you to have a little suspense, but we had it. This was the plan. Had to keep the ratings up. Tennessee Titans. You better get that kicking situation addressed. Ask the Colts from last year what happens when you don't address kickers, all right? Green Bay Packers. told y'all stop playing with Aaron Rodgers. That boy don't need no help. He is him. (laughs) Remember that. Act like you know him. Put some respect on it. Houston, Texas. Y'all got J.J. Watt giving y'all the Marshawn Lynch treatment. You know it's bad. Detroit Lions. Yeah, yeah, just still Detroit Lions. I, yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all are just, yeah. Y'all you are bad, but y'all are not terrible, terrible, but y'all are still terrible. <laughs> Atlanta, yeah, y'all are still bad. Y'all are still kind of terrible, but you're not cool. terrible. T- I just, ah, I don't like either one of y'all. Detroit and Atlanta could throw both of y'all in the trash. Y'all are just bad right now. Cleveland Browns, listen, I'm not going to let no one run on y'all parade. They could have five touchdowns. Y'all better go out there and have another commercial, all right? Your house, baby. Your house. Cincinnati Bengals. Y'all got a quarterback, baby. Joe Burrow is the man. Y'all better. Hey, it's going to suck this year. Enjoy him. Enjoy that man, okay? Carolina Panthers, Teddy Two Gloves. He's the real deal, but y'all got to do some more, man. Y'all got to give. No, no. you want Aaron Rodgers to get weapons? Aaron Rodgers is fine. Teddy Two Gloves needs weapons. All right, get Teddy Two Gloves some weapons, please. Pretty please. Nolan Saints, Alvin Kamara. I'm still upset with you because when I had you last year in fantasy, you weren't giving me all of these hundred-yard performances. Now it's of a sudden you want to be Mr. All-Purpose. So you know what? You're on my bad list. You and Michael Thomas. Buffalo Bills! Hey, in the words of my great friend Wesley Euler, they don't ask how, they ask how many. I don't care how ugly it is. Just keep stacking the wins, baby. Let's go Buffalo. New York Jets! Y'all trying to gas us with the young running back. Oh yeah, we got Paris. Who cares about Elbel? Bell? Huh, the wins and losses dude. baby. Keep taking them L's. Kansas City Chiefs. No, seriously, like how? How? 43 points, one touchdown on Mahomes. How? Make it make sense. He didn't have 200 yards passing until his last <laughs> throw of the game. Make it make sense. I, I just don't understand it. Denver Broncos. Drew Locke. Wow. I thought you had it. I like the Jeezy. You're showing me otherwise. Shout out to my dog, Anthony Chickler. He was in the game. That's all I care about with you guys right now. All right? San Fran. Y'all better put some respect on them. Y'all talked about these injuries. Y'all talked about Jimmy G, the guy. He just stacking wins. That's all he does. He's not pretty. He's a winner. Okay? He is well, a winner. He is pretty. Well, actually, yeah, he is pretty. That's but what they I, say. But he's not pretty, but he is pretty. Yeah, te- technically, that's what they say. He's like pretty guy. But he finds ways to win. And that's what I love about him, man. So San Fran keeps stacking the wins. New England. Listen, two things, all right? We all have bad games. That's the first part. Number two, Belichick. Great job silencing the noise. Double down. Make sure everybody knows Cam Newton is the guy. We, we didn't question whether or not uh, – I'm drawing a blank on the quarterback that got benched last week in the second half late in the game. Oh, man, they were getting banged up again. For and the it, Patriots? No, uh, no, no. It wasn't for the Patriots. I forgot what team it was. I'm drawing a blank on it. But literally, we saw where our team is down big. Oh, Baker. That's what it was. Oh, Baker, yeah, Baker yeah, they Baker. pulled him out. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, that, hey, yeah. man, we're turning the page on Baker. It was like, no, man, they're getting banged up. Baker comes back next week, five touchdowns cam newton bro. get him out of there man he was getting banged up he was getting thumped on he had some turnovers obviously get him out put him back in there next week man live to fight another day great job tampa bay buccaneers Whew. nice job good luck with ab hopefully it works up for you guys though all right vegas are y'all gonna make me eat my words I talk nice about y'all. I give y'all a little praise. I understood y'all took the L to the Bills. That was planned, but literally, man, come on. You beat the Chiefs and you go out there and get slacked by Bucks. What are we talking about we here? Talking man, about y'all here. better than that, baby. Come on, now, y'all gotta be way better than that. Jacksonville, mm. hey, Mr. Doug Marone. Hope you're enjoying your supper down there. You made your bed laying it. Chargers! Anthony Lynn, I don't care what you do this year. You keep Justin Herbert as that guy. Keep spinning that ball at there and just let him go to work. He's gonna win you some games. Trust me, he will win you some games. Seahawks. Well, hey man, first off, oh. yeah. <laughs> if you ain't first, you're last. Oh. DK Metcalf, my God, you are a runner. In fact, the thing that people don't realize this—he not only did he walk down Buda Baker, but I would love for the end zone copy or, or the the um when the All 22 comes out, I want you to look at Patrick Peterson. Because he's covering Patrick Peterson, and Patrick Peterson sees him take off, and Pat P tries to catch him. It does not happen.
1: <laughs> it does
0: not that's like happen.
2: It's like Forrest, Gump. Oh that's my Forrest Gump in the open field, baby. It, it, he and listen, it was and
1: running. running, and
2: Pat P can fly. Seen in the perk, he can fly. He ain't want no parts of that, baby. He didn't want any parts of that. Oh, and Russell Wilson, you do bleed. Okay, that's good to know. That's good to know. Future references. Arizona Cardinals, listen. Hey, 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 Isaiah Simmons, I love the fact you made a play. But for me, man, it was good to see Kyler Murray outduel that mm. guy. That's what I was more impressed because typically we don't see Russ get out-dueled too often. That's true. We don't see that. But Kyler Murray found a way. I was impressed even with their kicker trying to trick it off. Their kicker tried, they tried to pull a Goskowski as well. They found a way. That's all that matters. Great job, Carters.
1: Look at Arthur Motes timing that up perfectly with the end of the music. I it's mean, not my that's, first rodeo, man. That's gets producers excited yeah. right Tra- there. Full,
2: full transparency. I did it with no headphones, too. I was just feeling the beat. <laughs>
1: feeling the rhythm. He's, feeling the rhyme. He's like Boobie Miles, folks. The only thing you got to do is just show up. He do not even need the headphones. This is God-given. Basically. Again, if you want to read the Monday Minute every Monday morning in print form, ESPNPGH.com. That's where you find my articles. And Uh, it's top-notch, too. The uh, Show Me the Money gets posted there every Friday as well, too, if you're looking for those bets. We're back, by the way, baby. Winning week this week on Show Me the Money. Talk to them. That is six out of seven weeks we have been winners. Only losing week was last week, and we bounced back with a W this week, so the Steelers are 6-0. and We're 6-1 and on Show Me the Money, baby. We're mm-hmm. feeling good mm-hmm. around here in western Pennsylvania. Uh, if you want to jump in on the conversation, questions, comments, concerns, reactions, now is your last chance to do so on the Twitter.com. Speak now or forever hold your peace for the next 46 hours. <laughs> At Wesley Hill, at The Body 52. The Body. We'll wrap with your reaction on the other side. Before we get out of here, it's Steelers Blitz on SNR. My grandma and your grandma were sitting by the fire. My grandma told your grandma. Set on fire, about this is the Steelers
0: Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
1: Jam-packed on a Monday, a lot to get to and not much time to get to it. We go to the dot-com. Let's uh, get it going here. Still, Steel City Champ says, not worried or stressed about our secondary uh hayden nelson menka they have big splash play games coming just be patient steeler nation i agree
2: no i definitely agree man they they showed at times where they were excelling and then obviously they had some some lapses but for the majority of the time and they were fine and i think they will
1: continue to be fine our buddy thrash the steelers have a pretty good problem in the receiver room right now who do you cover someone is always going to get open and have a day no matter what it's crazy and i love it me too thrash this is the way for the Steelers offense. This is what we talked about. This is why we laughed too. when people were like, "Oh, trade Juju, trade Juju." At what? Where would you have been without Juju in the fourth quarter? And some oh, of those catch it out, man. Need them. Mark six and zero, oh, and on to the Ratbirds, without a doubt. Uh, remember, no show tomorrow because it's Mike Tomlin Tuesday. But you know, Wednesday we will start turning the page. Can't uh, wait. To them purple people, for sure. Steven says, if you want to have some fun today, listen to New England Sports Talk Radio. <laughs> 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 yeah, enjoy that one, you Bostonians. It's about time. I mean, geez, Louise. I mean, it took him
2: like 20 years of experience we've all Jeez, been Louise. Jeez.
1: TC says, I don't think we've ever seen a player make such an impact off the stat sheet as TJ Watt. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I mean, TC says here he eats up double teams. Like, he... The stuff that he does that doesn't show up on a stat sheet is incredible. That's a great call, TC. Um, BPR says that Spillane tackle reminded me of vintage Jack Lambert in the '70s. That (laughs) that collision, I tell you what, I mean, I could still hear. I was I was trying to go to bed last night and I was hearing that collision. Listen, it hurt my shoulder and I was watching. Uh, Aaron tweets that a lot of people are uh, crushing Minka Fitzpatrick, but if you watch that 73-yard A.J. Brown touchdown, doesn't his body language look like he thought the ball was going to be tipped? He was running forward and then got left right after Brown caught it. Yeah, that's what I thought too. It was just unfortunate. Like I don't think – don't get me wrong, he didn't take the greatest angle and it it wasn't the greatest effort on the tackle, but I do think he kind of got caught in one of those either-or situations because I do think he thought that that ball was about to get deflected
2: yeah and it happens the unfortunate thing is this it resulted in a touchdown it resulted in a big touchdown with a momentum flip and you just don't typically see your star players have those type of situations typically if it's a okay player that's acceptable but when it comes to Minka because of the standard he's setting because of our expectations for him I think that's why he's receiving the the flag that he's receiving
1: uh, Keith was asking about the status of Spillane and Deontay Johnson. Spillane did come he, back he in returned. and finish the yep. game. Deontay Johnson did not, although post-game Deontay Johnson sounded optimistic about going forward this weekend. Uh, Randy Randy says never get tired of Victory Mondays. Uh, you guys, wondering your guys' opinion on our first game without Devin Bush. Hey, man! I thought, I thought it looked good. I thought Spillane <laughs> right. played extremely well, man. I Big thought as time. a whole, they all played just all good football, up. man. How about Cam Sutton too? We haven't oh, talked I about loved him, it, man. Haven't I mentioned his name today. Man. Oh, what a game by him! We'll get more into him uh, later as the week goes ro- along. Don Juan wants to know what we thought about the Steelers leaving three points on the board before halftime. Don Juan, we talked about uh, they left three points on the board there. They left potentially three points on the board on the on their last drive of the game with the interception on the pass to mm-hmm. Juju. And they left some points on the board at the end of the first half as well when Deontay dropped that potential touchdown in the end zone. So, again, like Moats said, it wasn't the offense going to sleep. It was the offense not executing. Mm -hmm. And there's still obviously things you got to clean up there, but I think um, from a coaching standpoint, I I, I would be quick to hesitate on saying that they – or I would hesitate – on being quick to say that the, that the coaching staff rested on their laurels. Uh, that'll do it for our tweets for today. Thanks to everybody who chimed in. Uh, again, no show tomorrow because it is a Mike Tomlin Tuesday, but we will be back on Wednesday to uh, give our final thoughts on everything we saw yesterday and to start to look at. It. It's five-star matchup after five-star matchup, baby. But that's what it's supposed to be, man. You want it good on good, man, and that's when it's the most
2: exciting. Trust me, that Without game yesterday was way more exciting to me, Without than that Browns doubt. game, man. I thoroughly enjoy watching it from start to finish, Without baby.
1: Without a doubt. From the 4-1 and Browns to the 5-0 and Titans, now to the 6-1 and Ravens. It's been some fun weeks here for the Steelers. That will continue. That'll do it for us today. We'll talk the ends on Wednesday at high noon. Same time, and as always, the same place. On your 24-7, home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio.